0: really glad to be here in the house of the Lord, worshipping together with all of you. And I'm so happy to see all of you here this morning, many familiar faces. You all of you again. And I'm, I'm really thankful to, uh, to Pastor Stephen, Flora, and the family for being so kind and hospitable. And, and we have, like, over the years, have become like family. And, and we really thank God for this partnership that we have with High Point Church and all they're doing. And this morning... Um, Actually, I tried very hard to change this message again. (laughs) Even this morning, I was thinking, should I really speak on this message? But I think that God wants us to listen to this word. And uh, I've titled my message as Discerning the Times. Because I realize that the times that we are living now is so fluid and very difficult. And especially uh, you in Malaysia, you are going through a very uh, trying times. Your elections are on the horizon And uh, you you have seen the failures of the past, and you are thinking, you know, what is going to happen in the future? Probably the same things are going to happen again. But I think we need to be mindful that the times that we are living in are so different, difficult, and they are pointing to something that is very crucial in history. And I pray that as you listen to the word of God this morning, that our hearts will be stirred to see God's agenda and not our own agenda. And many times we are so focused on what we want to do for ourselves, for our churches, that we lose track and lose sight of God's agenda for this world. You know, in the month of July, I was invited again. This is the second time I was invited to go to Cairo, Egypt. And this time, there were about 300 professionals from the medical fraternity, they gathered together. Doctors, senior consultants, Students, medical students, and, and from different different sectors of the medical fraternity, they came together with one aim. How we can share the peace of God, the peace of Jesus Christ, to the Middle East. Now, if you think that the political climate here is very oppressive, you must understand in the Middle East is worse. They will kill you when you mention the name of Jesus to a particular group. And that is a law. But yet these people came together with just one agenda. How we can as Christians be the salt and the light and even in the oppressive society share God's word to these people. And as I was sitting and listening and in particular to this one particular doctor, he is a professor, he is a lecturer in the medical uh, faculty in the university and he was a consultant. And then he was sharing his testimony with me and he said, God called us to go into Sudan. And you know, Sudan is one of the poorest countries in Africa. And he said that in summer, the temperature goes up as high as 55 degrees. I don't know whether any one of you have been at that level. I have been at that kind of temperature. My shoes gave way. It's so hot. And at night, he said the temperature goes up to about 45 degrees. You know, Here, we are struggling with 33 degrees, right? At 45 degrees in the night. And he said in Sudan, there's no air conditioning. The fans don't work because there's no electricity. And so for us to sleep in the night, he said that they would have to drench their mattress with water. Drench it with water. And so when they sleep, the heat will evaporate the water and it will cool them down for two hours. And they try to catch some sleep in two hours and then they will have to repeat it again. So that in the daytime when they are awake, they can, you know, do the work they are called to do. And I asked them, why are you guys doing this? You know, you guys can have lived a comfortable life you all are doctors you all are professors you all are consultants you can live a very good life in your country so why are you struggling with this kind of a thing the answer this doctor gave me god called me to go into sudan and because of god's call upon their lives these people they were willing to sacrifice all their comforts all their lives so that they can fulfill what God wanted them to do. And as I began to talk with all these people, I realized that the way that they viewed God is totally different from the way we see God in our lives. And the way they looked at their purposes in life was totally different. But what I realized that these people, they sort of understood the times and the seasons they were living in, and they were doing all they can to fulfill God's purposes and plans in their life. And one thing they were always saying to us, uh, saying to me in particular, we really don't have time. We have to do all that we can before this season, these times are over. And I pray that as we look into God's word this morning, and then the text that I've chosen is from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, it says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Now, I'm not saying that. You have to be in a church for a season, no, and then go to another church. I, I don't I agree to that kind of a philosophy, because if we can do that, then you will change your family from one week to another week. You again go to a, live in a different family. You know, what I'm saying is that God has given to every one of us a particular role and a purpose to fulfill in our times, but if we missed it, you probably will regret for a long time to come. You know, just before COVID hit. I'm sure many times in our lives, we, we, we think, I wish I had done this time when the time was right. Remember when, before COVID hit in Singapore, the SIA shares were almost about $12 apiece. And when COVID hit, it came down to less than $4. But nobody, I mean, at that time, very people were very hesitant to go and invest, you know, because they really don't know what is going to happen. But now it's picking up again. And then many of us in Singapore, we're thinking, oh, I wish I had done that. I wish I had, you know, gone and invested my money. And today, you know, I would be a very rich man. And the same thing for property, you know. Um, 20 years ago, the property that we bought probably was a, a few hundred thousand, and today they are, they are going at millions. And many of us are think, you know, I wish I invested my money in those days, You know, bought more properties and kept it to myself, and today we could have harvested a lot of profits. And so in life, sometimes when we miss the season that we are going through, it doesn't come back again is gone. It doesn't come back again. And that is why it is so important that we realize the kind of seasons that we are living in now and take appropriate action to do what God really wants us to do. Now, many times we know what is time, but we find it very difficult to define time. If I ask you, can you tell me what is time? You probably will take a lot of things at thinking to do to define time, because we know what is time, but we really can't put words to define it. In fact, Augustine, the early church father, he says that when someone asks me what is time, I know. But when he asks me to explain it, I really don't know how to explain what time is. One of the authors, she described time in this manner. Time, she says, it hangs heavy for the bored, eludes the busy, flies for the young, and runs for the aged. That means if you think that you, know, you have too much of time in your hands, it's probably because you're not doing too much of things in your life. And you get very bored very easily. In fact, John Maxwell, in his leadership, uh, uh, one of the laws, he says this about time. The wrong action at the wrong time leads to disaster. And we have seen this many times happening in the political arena in this country. The right action at the wrong time leads to resistance. And that is why we need this sensing from God that this is the right time to do certain things. And the wrong action at the right time is also a mistake. But the right action at the right time leads to a success. And that is why it is so important that we recognize the kinds of times and seasons that we are living in and how best we can fulfill God's plans and purposes in our lives. You know, in fact, in the Old Testament, if you read the book of Isaac uh, in the book of 1st uh, Chronicles chapter seven, uh, 12 David was looking at all the tribes he was assessing them for their strength and their weaknesses and then for some tribes you say oh these guys are good you know they are very uh, uh, faithful in their warfare they are strong they, are, they work together as a team but this particular tribe the sons of Issachar this is what he has to say about them the sons of Issachar kept up to date their understanding of their times and knew what Israel should do not only did they understand what they were in the seasons they were in but they knew exactly what to do and that is so important now like if i were uh, david the king i would keep these men close to me because they will, uh, will advise me what is going on at this particular point in time and also what to do and that's how many times battles are won i wonder how many of you remember this scene anyone Pearl Harbor, very good. Did you know that the, this entire war in Pearl Harbor could have been avoided? You see, at that point in time, World War II was brewing down in Europe, and everybody knew that Japan was making their progress down to Asia, Southeast Asia, and in that part of the region. The Americans very well knew it's only about time when the Japanese will come that way. Everything, all the signs were telling them. In fact, on the morning of 7th December 1940, the soldiers or the airmen who were manning their radar, they saw the huge blip of, uh, you know, know, I I work in the radar station, I know what, what it means to see. They saw a large number of blips on the radar screen coming from the east. And the soldier alerted the officer and said, Sir, something is happening. We see a large number of aircraft coming this way. The officer on duty looked at the report. Oh, maybe this is our own aircraft. You know, they are flying back. Don't worry. Nothing to worry about. And again, the officer on duty alerted the officer in the bridge and said, sir, something is wrong. You know, we see they are, they are coming at a fast speed, and this may not be our own aircraft. But the officer on duty ignored the statement, and Pearl Harbor became history. They knew things were happening. They knew the signs were all around them, but they failed to take the appropriate action And Pearl Harbor became her history. And this morning, God has put all of us, every one of us, in our families, in our churches, in our offices, wherever we are, for a reason, for a purpose. And it's so important that we understand the purpose that God has for us and at the same time fulfill that purpose because of the things that are happening around In fact, you know, in, in the New Testament we read, Jesus, he looked at the Pharisees and said, you guys, you know how to read the signs of the times. You look at the sky, you see red sky, tomorrow is going to be fine weather. Or red sky in the morning, tomorrow, or today is going to be rainy. Or, or you, you, you say that a storm is coming along the way. You know how to discern all the geographical and all, all the, 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 the seasons that you see around us, but you fail to understand The very season that you were there. In fact, these Jewish uh, rabbis, the Pharisees, they were the teachers of the law. They knew exactly what it means to keep the law and they were following exactly what. But they missed the visitation of the time. You know why? The very Messiah was standing in their midst and they missed it. The one that they were looking for all their lives was right in front and they missed it would it be that we are all looking at the wrong target, like like what Pastor Seaman said this morning? It is not who sits in the parliament. It is who sits on the throne. And if you and I are very clear of who is sitting on the throne of our lives, then all these things that happen by the sideline will not bother us because we are focused on God and what God wants us to do. In fact, Jesus told the, uh, the Pharisees and said, You're totally, you really don't know what is going on right now in this world. Yes, around us, the political climate is very unstable. And we must be praying and good that the churches are coming together and praying, very important. But is that all that we can see in the current context? There's something else beyond that you and I need to discern and to do. Many things are happening around us. COVID turned the world upside down and because of COVID, many people, many churches, they failed to seize the opportunity to do the work of evangelism and to reach out to the community. In fact, many churches have closed down because they didn't realize that during this time they should change their strategies, the plans, to see what God is doing. And some churches in Singapore, they're losing members because during COVID, they never re they never... Uh, got your strategies correct to, co- to connect with the community, to connect with the churches. And it's so important that you and I realize that where we are, we have never seen things like this before. And, and what does all these things mean? What does all these changes that are happening? You know, according to the Jewish tradition, the Jewish rabbis today, if you go and read up some of those literature, today's Jewish rabbis, they believe that just before their Messiah comes, the same signs that happened in Egypt will reappear again. God will do the same thing at that time before the Messiah comes. Now, just three years ago, if you have read the news, you will realize that there are some lakes in Africa and some lakes in Indonesia suddenly turned red like blood for no reason. Anyone read the news? You are not following the times. <laughs> <laughs> Last year, there were hailstones dropping all over Africa and in Saudi Arabia. Remember that? Okay, at least there's someone that remembers. And the size of the hailstones was like that of a baseball, and it killed herds of cows in the field. Very reminiscent of what happened in the book of Exodus. And then the recent eclipse, they said, it triggered a lot of natural disasters. And for them, for this Jewish community, it all reminds them what happened in Exodus and they think that the Messiah is coming back soon. I'm not suggesting that we follow what the Jewish people are thinking. But I think we really need to discern and see what is happening around us and what you and I need to do as Christians. And that is why the text that we read as we continue to read the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, the, the preacher goes on to say there's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, and there's a time and a season for everything. In fact, he goes on to say there's a time for every purpose under heaven. And that is why it is so important that you and I must understand what is really my purpose here on earth. What is really my purpose here on this, in this church? And because if we don't understand this purpose in our lives, then we are really missing the point as to what God wants to do with you and me. In um, the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 25, we read this. Paul tells us, Galatians 5, 25, he says, if we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. Now, two important things here. Number one, we live by the spirit, we know what it means to be living by the spirit. But more important than that, you and I need to keep up in step with the Spirit. That means what the Spirit of God is telling us, you and I really need to keep up with the Spirit. You know, we put clocks everywhere in our houses, right, to remind us what time to get up, what time to, to have our breakfast, what time to send our, send our children to school. We, the, the, the clocks tell us what to do. In the same way, when we look around everything around us, what is happening, you and I must be cognizant of the fact that God wants us to see His times... His agenda and what God wants to do. And that is why in Luke chapter 21, verse 28, Jesus said, Now these things, when these things begin to happen, look up, lift up your heads, because your redemption draws nigh. And you and I must cry to God, Lord, give me the discernment to know what kind of times and seasons that we are living in. And just now, Pastor Stephen said, you know, we really don't have much time because Jesus Christ is coming back. Now, almost every pastor I speak to, Every theologian I speak to, they always say this, we really don't have time. We are all living at the tail end of the end times. And if the church of God needs to rise up, this is the time and if we missed it, we would have missed the season and the plan what God has for you and for me. Now I really want to paint very quickly that many things that are happening around in this world today, but I want to very quickly paint to you the kind of scenario, the kind of world that we are living in today. Number one, I'm sure you would have seen this, Moral depravity. I don't have to explain to you how bad the situation is. You know, one of the indications of the coming of Christ is this thing about moral depravity. You see, philophilia, uh, human trafficking, sexually immat- like like never you have heard before. When I was growing up in school, the only word I heard was gay, and at that time, gay was a very bad word. No? If you say gay, everybody will get look at you. like, But today we have got. LGBTQZ, and you know, the number of alphabets keep on adding just to accommodate every kind of orientation. In fact, CNN last year reported in the black community in America, 70% of the children born in the black community are born out of wedlock. 70%. and This is very startling. Marriage has got no more value in many societies. And that is the kind of world that you and I are living in today. In fact, you go to some of the schools in America, you will find that in a class, probably, in fact, there were some statistics to say in one particular class, only one child had his original grandparents intact. <coughs> Everybody else got multiple grandparents, only one in a class of about 30 children. So you can see the trend where this world is going on to. Very recently, in fact, today in Singapore, there are some people from Singapore here, right? You will realize right now in the Singapore parliament, they are debating on this Section 377A. I don't know whether how many of you are following this? No? No. Section 377A is the only clause in the penal code in Singapore that criminalizes sex outside marriage. Meaning, a man and man and woman and woman you cannot have. Today, they are debating to remove this particular ordinance. Now, in fact, our prime minister announced it on the national day that this is because of the political situation in Singapore, because of all those people who are being very educated, the younger generation, they want to remove this thing and make Singapore as circular as possible like the way the Western countries are. And you know Singapore is a very conservative country like, like, like Malaysia. But today, right now, this is being debated, and chances are they're going to repeal this section, which means LGBTQ will become normal as what is happening in other parts of the world. Of course, they want to keep the, the definition of marriage intact, but how long? And the good thing about this was when this was announced, the churches in Singapore came very strongly and said, we still uphold the value of marriage. We still, we still uphold what, we follow the definitions of the Bible, and good thing our government has said, you can preach what you believe, thank God. You can preach what you believe. But the question is, for how long? You see, today in the Europe, in, the, in all the Western countries, this is legal. In fact, churches have accommodated gay marriages as legal. You can go to a church and have it conducted in many of the churches, mainline churches today. And my question is for us, how long will we be open or we will be hanging on to this? Now, what is this indicating? All these things are indicating to a fact that what Jesus said in the last days will happen. And you are going to see worse things like this happening today in this world, especially in this particular region. And all the more you and I must be aware of the kind of seasons that we are living in. Many Christian uh, denominations have accepted it as part uh, part of God's order for marriage. And therefore you and I as Christians need to know what we need to do. And Jesus said, just like in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. You know, if you read some of the Jewish books, they go on to describe the sins of Sodom in such a graphical manner is exactly the same as what is going on in this world today. If you think Sodom was bad, today's situation is almost the same as Sodom. And that is why you and I really need to do what God wants us to do. Secondly... I see evil supremacy. Number one is moral degeneracy. Number two is evil supremacy. In fact, Paul tells us in Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5, there will be terrible times people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient. Everything that you see around us today, God is saying are the indications that our times and seasons are something much different than what you and I expect. You look at the crime. You know, In many, many developed countries, you can't walk out at night the U.S. or even in many European countries, you cannot walk out alone in night. Why? The crime rate is so bad. And you know, the kind of terrorism activity? they think, you know, boys can go into school. Young men, 18 years old, can go into a school, take a gun and shoot all the children. And we saw something happen in uh, the Thailand, just uh, uh, nursery school. This guy just goes there and just kills everybody. The kind of activities that we see today are not reminiscent of what we have seen in the past. You know, in, in the India... We go to India very often, you know. In India, every day there are 80 rape cases reported, every day. And for every one reported case, there are 10 other unreported cases. And you look, 3 years old, 4 years old, 5 years old. You see the kind of crimes that are coming up here today in this world. And worse still, the cyber crimes today. Elderly people, people have got no more conscience anymore. They cheat people, they do all kinds of things. And that is why Jeremiah tells us in 17 uh, verse 9, he says... The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked, and who can know it? That's the kind of world that we are living in today. It's bad, it's wicked, and it's getting bad to us. You think this will improve? No. In fact, it will get worse and worse as the days go by. You know, in Singapore recently, in one of the Christian schools, it went viral on, 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 on the many social media. A student was scolding a teacher in abusive language. Never heard before, this is a Christian school. Scolding the teacher in abusive language and all the other students are cheering him on to fight. Asking the student to fight with the teacher. Can you imagine? Revolting against authority and happening all these things, happening in our time. And the third thing that I see today is what I call selective theology. Today we want to only listen what we like to listen. If the pastor speaks about sin, he speaks about something terrible or uh, something from the Word of God that we don't like, oh, this church is no good for us. We want to go to another church. Today, if you speak about sin and you, tell, uh, you talk strongly about sin, they will condemn you as a doomsday prophet. You, you preach a hard sermon, people get offended. But if you preach about grace, Jesus loves you. Tomorrow you will get a $1 million, you know. You speak this kind of words. Oh, they love you. You Oh, pastor, you're the wonderful, the best pastor in this world. People want to go to a church that is very sympathetic to their cause. We want to hear, but church, we need to hear the whole counsel of God. You know, I listened to some of your sermons and I know this is being practiced in this church. We need to hear God's word in its entirety. Not only those parts that we want to hear for ourselves, but what God really wants us to listen to. And that is why Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, he says, Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Rebuke, correct, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. And the fourth thing that I see today is incongruent priority. Now, I stand corrected here, but this is really my observation. Today, our values have changed, our priorities have changed, and the way we view Christian principles have changed. God and His ways are no longer the priority of our lives. Career has become more important today. If you listen to some of the languages, you know, study hard, do all you can, do whatever you want, you know, make sure you get good grades, study hard, and in the process, don't forget God. I don't know whether you have heard these statements. This is how we, we speak today. But when I was growing up as a young Christian, you know what he was saying? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And everything else. be. Today, I don't hear that kind of a statement from many pulpits. Why? Our values have changed. Our priorities have changed. I was listening to a conversation between some mothers, you know, they were standing outside a nursery school, children were inside the classroom. Oh, my son must go for this tuition. My son must go for this music class. Everything, they must go. But church, huh? let them decide now. If they want to go to church, it's up to them. Our priorities are changing. And this is an indication that the times that we're living is no good. We tend to focus more on our careers. We tend to focus more on other things. And God becomes by the side kind of a thing. And if you speak about seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added to you, oh, that is very difficult for us to accept. Because, you know, I'm so busy. I've got so many things to do. Yes, everybody is busy. But you and I need to know what is right, what is important, and what God wants us to do. Today, if you call for a prime meeting, I'm not pointing your church. I, I don't know. I, I don't, no, no, no. Our church is good. Huh? Church is in many of the churches I go to, when you call for a prime meeting, nobody comes. Only the handful. And they come because they've got no choice. They're probably in the leadership or probably because they are forced to come you organize a function. Tonight is a social club gathering somewhere outside. You will get the entire church to come. And good thing that the church is organizing this prayer for this election and the churches must come together. You know, church, as I was preparing to come to this place and even early this morning, the Lord prompted me these words that the future of this church will be greater than what you can imagine. God will do exceedingly greater things in the days to come. But it will start when the people of God come together, kneel themselves before God, and say, God, I'm hungry for you. You know, this morning we sang some songs in the 2000s. We don't sing these kind of songs nowadays, you know, because we are overtaken by, I love you, God, you know, all these sing songs, you know. You are the treasure that I seek. The kind of songs we do, you know how powerful those words are. And when the church of God comes together in that kind of a manner, humbling ourselves and seeking the face of God, I tell you, you will see revival. You will see great things happening in our midst. You will see a change in the entire climate in this church. And so it's so important that we we know what our priorities are. We know what we need to do. Our priorities are have to be focused again on what God wants us to do and not what we want our our agenda to be. And in fact, the Old Testament, the same problem. Every time the people God blessed, somehow they shifted away from God's purposes and God's plans and they just wanted to do what they themselves want to do. And God has to come very hard and to tell them, this is not what you need to do. God no longer seems to be on the throne of many lives. We are. My agenda, my career, my family, my house, everything has to do with me, and in the process, I will read my Bible when I'm traveling to my work, train, or say my prayer when I'm doing... We, we, we seem to have forgotten the fact that God needs to be the number one in our lives. And therefore, when we see all these things happening around us, what do we need to do? Can I just suggest you three important things that we need to do today? Number one, live lives that will focus with God in the focus. uh, Live lives now, live lives now with God in the focus. You know, the preacher goes on to say in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1, he said, Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth, before the difficult days come and the evil days draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. You remember the scripture always talks about now. The Bible never says yesterday or in the future. Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now is the thing, the time for us to act. Not later, not in the future, not when you have become established in your career, not when you have finished your education, not when you are married and settled, not when you are retired, but now. Remember Christ. Remember God now in the days of your youth. And it's no surprise that. The preacher Solomon, having gone through all of life, seen everything in his life, is telling back to the people: Look, everything is ancillary. God is important. Remember now the Creator in the days of your youth. Put God as your focus. Live now with God in your focus. And that is so very important. Yes, there are a lot of political turmoil is going around. There's a lot of uncertainty in our career, and so many things are going around but you and I need to come back to our roots and say, God, I want to keep you as the focus in my life. Whatever I do, you will be my focus. And how can we do it? Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, Mark chapter 12, verse 20, Jesus said, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And this is the first commandment that Jesus said, we love God with all our heart when we totally love Him exclusively and nothing else. We love God with all our soul when He is the one, the treasure that we seek. He is the one that we long for. He is the one we come up to. In fact, if Jesus was describing the course of discipleship and we really love God with all our heart, everything else will be secondary. And the question that we need to ask ourselves, do I really love God with all my heart? The song that we sing, does that really apply in my life? Or other things have come in between these times. So much so that God's purposes, God's plans, doesn't matter anymore. You just, life just goes on and goes on, just like everything is as usual. And there's two particular areas that you and I really need to focus in our lives. It's number one, in our career. Number two, in our role in the church. You know, all of us can live, can go and do whatever career we want. Yes. If you are educated, you have your qualifications, you can choose. But you must ask yourself this question is this the career that God wants me to be? Is this a place where I can please God and be the salt and the light of this world? Is this a place where I can be a testimony for God? And these are the questions that you and I must ask. And God will show it to us because He wants to reveal His purposes. and Not anything that comes across my way. Because wherever you are, you need to fulfill God's purposes and plans. You know, 10 years ago, I think it was 10 years ago, my, I've been, as you know, I travel most of the time and most of the time I'm not in Singapore, I'm out of the country. So my boss called me in the office and said, hey, end of, the year, end of the year, they have this assessment, right? What you have done for the whole year, and then they give you an appraisal. Do you know that you are not in, the, in Singapore for almost half the year? Everybody else has to work for you. I said, yes, boss, I know. I'm sorry, you know. I, I, I got uh, things to do. But he said, never mind. But we want to promote you. I said, what? You just told me I'm not doing my work. <laughs> <laughs> now you saying you want to promote me. But there's a deal. He said, if we promote you, then you won't be able to travel the way you're traveling because you will be bound here in, this, in the office. You have to do the office work. But the pay is very good. It's a five-figure salary. You know, five-figure salary times your money is... Wow. And I said straight away, I said, Boss, thank you very much. I don't want this offer. I don't want this job. And Boss, hey, are you okay or not? I'm not giving to all the other fellows. You now. I'm giving it to you. I said, boss, I know what God wants me to do. I know what is my purpose in life. This will not allow me to do what God wants me to do. Thank you for the promotion. Give it to somebody else. And my boss asked me to sign a letter to say that I don't want this promotion. That means I will not get promoted for the rest of my life, you know, because I already put it in black and white. I said, fine, it's okay with me. You know why I did that? Because I was very clear in my mind what God wants me to do. Everything else doesn't matter. Even though the money, you know, everyone I spoke to, including my family, what, 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 what? Why did you do this? What's wrong with you? You can use the money to serve God. But I mean, it's also serving God, right? But when you are very clear with God's purpose for your life, and you know exactly what God wants you to do, Everything else is secondary. God's purpose becomes primary. And you think God shortchanged changed me? Never. He has blessed me much more than I can imagine because two years down the line, another boss calls me and says, we're going to promote you this time. Whether you want to stay here or you want to go, it's up to you. But we will still promote you anyway. Hallelujah. And then I got the best deal. You see, when you remain faithful to God's purposes in your life, God will honor you. And I can tell you stories after stories in my life. God never shortchanged me in any way. He has blessed me beyond my imagination. Of course, we, we, we may, may have lost out in many things that we wanted to do. As husband and wife, we wanted to do so many things. But because we realize the times and the season that God has put us here and what God wants us to do, God has honored us in so many ways. And so, brothers and sisters, can I challenge you this morning? Put God first in your life. Put Him as your focus, not what is happening around you. Yes, there will There'll be a lot of chatter, there will be a lot of winds and the waves and the storms happening around you as you are seeing now in your, your climate here in this country. But when you put your focus on God and Him alone, you will see God doing a wonderful thing and blessing you in a way that you have never experienced before. Number two, live now with God's a purpose. I already talked to you about God's purpose. And Number three, live now with God's eternity in mind. As I indicated to you, all these things that we're seeing around us is a great indication that we really don't have much time. And you and I need to see our value in terms of God's eternity, God's perspective. You know, when I, when I was uh, in Egypt, there was one young couple, probably in their mid-30s. She was a doctor. She specialised in some medical terms she used. I don't know what kind of term, but I pretended that's how I know. I cannot lose out, right? <laughs> she and her husband they came back, just they came back from Sudan after a stint, and they're saying, we are waiting for God to tell us where to go next. Know they could settle down and run a clinic, and, and you know, they're they lecturing, they can do a lot of things, but they say, we want to hear from God, because what matters to God is what matters to us. And eternity is so important, that our investments for eternity will be the one that you and I need to do. And so till today, whatever we do today, whether it is our money or whatever we do, you and I need to have eternity in focus. And the best way we can do, Jesus said, is to fulfill the Great Commission. Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I with you even to the answer. The only way you and I can invest in eternity is to bring people to Jesus Christ. It starts from here. It starts in our community and we go to the ends of the world to let people know that there's a God who cares for them and there's a God who can change their lives. And that is what you and I really need to do. No matter what happens around us. You know, I was really moved when I was in Egypt because I saw them. They saw their situation. I saw their difficulty. In fact, they are in a worse situation than we are here in Singapore and Malaysia. But yet... They realize, whatever we do, whatever we invest, whatever money that we pour in, it must count to eternity. People must come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and we must do all that we can. I'm thankful to High Point Church because you are doing a fantastic job as far as reaching out to the ends of this world is concerned. But every one of us needs to get involved. All of us needs to get involved in the church, not just a selected few. Everyone has a role and a purpose to fulfill in the church all of us and we must find out what is that role that God wants me to be you know it is not just coming on a Sunday hallelujah praise the Lord worshipping good but what is my role in this church what does God really want me to do I don't want to be a bystander everyone everyone cannot be a bystander might as well go and join a club you know go and eat uh, uh, tose or uh, satay somewhere outside. Like. but if you come to the church all of us must be part together and if there's something that I want to you, all of us to take away today prayer is number one the church must come together to pray you have some meetings organized come together as a church and start interceding and praying and you will see God changing the spiritual climate and when God changes the spiritual climate you can do much more than what you can imagine come together as a church and fulfill your purpose in your life in your career as well as in the church and thirdly do something that comes for eternity Evangelism, reaching out to people, reaching out to the community. You know, many people say COVID came, uh, uh, we couldn't do anything. I want to tell you this: during COVID, we built the most number of churches in India. During COVID, we had the most number of baptisms. During COVID, we went into villages that before chased us out because nobody wanted to go there during. We went there, we helped them, and today we have prayer meetings going on in Hindu villages that chased us away before COVID. We took advantage of the opportunity. (laughs) Hallelujah. God is doing amazingly wonderful. If I tell you the stories, you'll be amazed at what God is doing. But you and I need to seize the opportunities. Discern the times. And these times will pass away soon. And if you miss this season, there'll be a lot of regret in the physical. Let's bow down together brother. that god will stir our hearts to put him first let god become our focus right now in our lives live totally for god now live totally for god's purpose now i'm not saying that you must sell your house you must go to a mountain and wait no but whatever you are doing wherever you are and whatever plans that you have let god's purpose become the number one in your priority, and everything else whatever you desire house, your land, your, everything else will be added to you. That's what the Bible promises us. And live totally for God's eternity now. Invest in God's eternity. Invest in the kingdom of God. Invest in the lives of people that need to come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord. There's so many needs, there's so many things that we can do. And we need to realign our strategies, our plans, all the actions that we do in terms of what God wants us. And when we do that, you can see God doing amazingly wonderful things in our church, in our lives, in our families, and we will be people who are fulfilling God's purposes. All Praise you. God. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you this morning. You're an girl. You are an amazing God. You are strength. You are our peace. Lord, you are the treasure that we seek this morning. And we pray, God, help us to discern the times that we live in and help us realize that no matter what happens around us, you are in control. Nothing happens without your permission. Nothing happens without your intervention. And today we pray that our eyes will be focused on you. You will become our primary focus in our lives. Your priorities will become our focus in lives. And Father, we want to live not for the here and not for the now, but we want to live with eternity in mind. We want to bring people into eternity. And when we stand before your throne, we can rejoice together to see the thousands of people who have come to know that you are the true living God because of the work that we have done through our churches. Lord, we especially pray for those who have lifted up their hands this morning, whatever the need may be in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that you will answer them. That every sickness be healed in Jesus' name. Every worry be gone in the name of Jesus. Every desire of the heart be answered in the mighty name of Jesus. Father we pray continue to bless this church. You know Lord you have great plans the greater anointing and the greater manifestation of the power of God that this church will reach out to many nations for your kingdom and for your glory. The days to come you will see a mighty pouring of the Holy Spirit like never before for your purposes and your kingdom. We thank you Lord for all that you are doing. In Jesus name we pray. Amen.